Hello, my name is Brian Martin and you are listening to Season 3, Episode 13 of the Running Technique Tips Podcast. In this season we've been talking all things road racing and training and Lisa, I'm barely talking because I'm still sick. Um, <laughs> how are I you know. going? The curse that we put in you or on you, we thought that uh, you might be sick for a couple of days and it's been a few weeks. So we've got Husky Brian tonight, might excite a few of our listeners. <laughs> Well, I can tell you it's not exciting me, but if it makes other people happy, then that's okay. Oh, dear. But, well, unlike you, I've actually been running and, um, well, trying to cram some running back into this crazy, hectic life at the moment. But I can, I am happy to report that the body, it's holding together. I don't think it's perfect, but it's holding together. Okay. That sounds kind of sort of promising for someone who's at the beginning of their... I don't know if you're at the beginning of your marathon campaign for Tokyo 2020. No, I think um, we are. We're at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at the beginning. And just yeah. to avoid confusion, you're, you're not training for the Tokyo 2020 Olympic marathon. You're training for the Tokyo, just the Tokyo marathon, yeah, although that's actually, a pretty big deal anyway. It's funny you say that because uh, sort of like off the cuff, I've been I'm chatting to a few people, whether it's at work or just in passing, and I, you know, I've said, oh, you know, I'm doing Tokyo Marathon next year, and the expression because I think <laughs> they just assume that I'm talking about the Olympics, but I know that I'm talking about <laughs> the Tokyo Marathon in March, and the conversation goes on a little bit, and then when I clarify that it's not the Olympics, they suddenly become less interested in me. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a Olympians are just more interesting. Is that how it goes? Or, uh, I'm not we, sure how it is. We, um, I think I'm pretty interesting at times, but maybe not in relation <laughs> to that. <laughs> Hard to compete with those five rings. Yeah, no, very much so. So anyway, I think that we are at the beginning because what's been really nice about knowing that, um, that I've got my place is, and I've said this before, I like training for the marathon because it's like this one pinnacle eggs in the one basket. And whilst that can come unstuck like New York when things out of your control happen, I'm just, I'm really just not good at trying to juggle all these other sort of key races in every few weeks because I've got too much else on. So I feel this really nice sort of I don't know, like pressure release going, well, everything's a stepping stone. You know, every every race or every training effort is just one step closer to your ultimate goal. So I feel like I'm in a nice headspace. That's good. And mm. as you should be at the beginning of such a, uh, a long journey. <laughs> How long have we got to go? Oh, have we got a countdown clock running? I don't, but I should. Gosh, I'm normally so onto that type of thing. Well, we're pretty much the start of September. So we have September, October, November, December, January, February. March. So we've got just under seven months. So much time. Mm. We've got a while. Maybe, right. Well, yeah, I don't think we're going to be busting out a specific program at this no. point. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And we will talk about that today, but I've got some high level principles. So I sort of want to talk about it in two phases, like mm -hmm. my high level principles up until the point where I start my specific marathon training block and then mm -hmm. some ideas around the marathon block. And then when we sort of get closer to that, we might actually pen that like sort of week by week like we did the other um mm -hmm. new york and you're a melbourne one but i've yeah so it's just high level principles at the moment sounds good well um should we get my training report out of the way because that'll be quick <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> all right you've got 30 seconds <laughs> i might take slightly more than that but yes yeah, so have been sick 
but I had a period where I wasn't sick that lasted for two weeks. Um, so yeah, so I did get sick and then I got better and then I did start actually getting some running together. So the week before last, which was August 26th through to September the 1st, I actually managed, and that was when I was on holiday. So that was, um, that was easy. I actually managed to run 37 and a half kilometers and you might recall the original plan was to actually do the pub to pub race at Flinders Island. And I actually didn't end up doing that. And wasn't specifically because I was feeling sick, but I felt exhausted. So maybe I was still sick at that point. Um, but I did make the call to not subject myself to nearly 26 kilometers of road race when I wasn't feeling anywhere near a hundred percent. So I, I actually just took those first few days of holiday on Flinders Island really easy and just did a few half hour jogs. And the longer that little break went, actually, the better I felt. And isn't that ironic? Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. As a as I relaxed and enjoyed the scenery uh, and various other things. Um, so that week, I actually managed to stitch together about thirty seven half k's, including and the only official events that um, I participated in was including doing the five k on the Sunday with my wife, and she cracked her 5k pb so she put a 41 minute effort on the board i think we thought that this time last year that she might sort of really get into the running but it's sort of been a bit on the back burner but nonetheless she um <laughs> she's just the annual five, yeah annual fun yeah, she took about five minutes of her time though so it was um it was pretty impressive she's got a very high natural walking pace which meant that even the people who are kind of like slow shuffling aren't really going much faster than what what her walking pair sort of like power walking pace I suppose you'd call it is and intermingled with a little a few little jogging bursts yeah she managed to stitch together 41 minutes she just got beat by a lady who was like doing the Cliffy Young shuffle the whole way <laughs> and not walking actually overtook that lady within sight of the finish line <laughs> and then uh, after a little jogging burst stopped um, and this lady just sensed the, the weakness and exhaust and, and just sprinted the last 50 meters to the line so uh, that actually uh, caused a bit of a bit of a competitive response so um she wasn't too happy about that actually so oh, well, i think hope. that might be a motiv- motivating yeah. <laughs> factor for, for future performances <laughs> hey what were the conditions like because last year they were pretty horrendous they were the, uh, the sunday they were they were really nice really not much wind to speak of and probably mid to yeah probably mid-teens so probably maybe 16 degrees or something like that um and the I didn't actually participate or even attend the race on the Saturday. Um, we just ended up relaxing on that day. Um, certainly the conditions were a lot better than they were the year before. It was a little bit windy, but nowhere near the 40 kilometre an hour gale that I ran into last year. So yeah, all in all, it was pretty good conditions for those competing in the Flinders Island running festival. And that sort of brings me on to last week when I was feeling okay for most of the week and managed to do 47 Ks for the week, including, I think I actually did a session. Uh, that's because I was still on leave. Yeah. I did a, did a session just before we left Flinders Island on the Wednesday. And that was sort of like four by five minutes at threshold. And they all came out at sort of about four minute 30 pace or better. So despite being sick and having some time off, I still sort of seem to have had some base fitness going on. And yeah, when I got to the weekend, I was back to Melbourne for some study and I just went and plotted around Parkville Park Run in about 
26 and a half minutes, so nothing to write home about. It was freezing cold and wet, so that probably wasn't a good thing for my, at that stage, developing um, sickness. Oh, no wonder you're <laughs> sick again. Hey, what number park run are you up to now? Are you getting up towards your 50 T-shirts? <laughs> Nowhere near it. I, I, still, I still think I'm less than 20, but oh, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm pushing up towards 20. Let's just, just call it that. I'm inconsistently consistent with my park running, Lisa. Oh, classic Brian. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I did do about 47Ks for the week, but basically, yeah, got to Sunday and uh, did some jogging then. And, and this week that we're recording in now has been a complete write-off because I basically was feeling worse and worse. And I just thought, yeah, it's best time to stop running. So haven't run since the weekend. Mm, so we are five weeks out from Melbourne Marathon now, I think. We are. And so I know that when you're sick, like the, the thought of 42K is hard enough when you're healthy, let alone sick. So <laughs> I'm I'm not going to ask you if you're going to do it because your answer will be no, but let's pretend that you're healthy and you are going to do it. Uh-huh. How do you think that you'll approach it? Do you think you could maybe use this as your dress up as a um, in fancy <laughs> dress? No, I definitely wouldn't do that because that would it's hard as you said it's hard enough running forty two k's doing that in a suit. Uh, not not a good idea. Yeah, I'd say to answer the question that you didn't want me to answer, I'd say it's things are looking unlikely at the moment. I'm going to have to come good and at least get a little bit of training in in the next four and a half five weeks yeah look i think if you're sick it's definitely a no but you know mm. could you go into it i've obviously got this um spartan challenge that you set yourself and you wanted to do it 10 years in a row could you not just say well this is genuinely going to be an experience so i'm going to go around i'll have the camera i'll run for as long as i can without just absolutely blowing a gasket i'll walk for a while just you know when you're in it like that atmosphere is yeah. actually a really nice place to be yes and look the thought has definitely crossed my mind about doing it that way and yeah look i, I don't know i think i'll have to answer that question later when I'm feeling better, which is hopefully on the process of happening at the moment because I'm mm. definitely feeling better than what I was earlier in the week. Okay. Well, I'm going to pause that question and then I'm also going to hold on to the question of what's Brian's future plans <laughs> heading into the summer season because I don't think you're in the right headspace to really commit to anything. No, definitely not. Um, however, you have plans. Yes, yes. Well, I've got <laughs> but, lots of plans. <laughs> but be before, before we get into your plans, so how is the body? You said it's holding together. Um, you're not sick, which is good. Um, yeah. What, what's been going on with you? Well, I did the Athletics New South Wales half marathon at Homebush and I think I posted, I can't remember whether I posted up my result from that and they... Remember I, I, last time we spoke, I was going into it. I had no idea how I would go. My main goal was to just get through it and make sure the calf was fine. And the calf was fine. It was absolutely amazing. And I ended up running an hour, 30 minutes and 41 seconds, which was an average of 4.17. And I just actually felt really good. So cardiovascularly felt fantastic. But after 4Ks, my legs were... <laughs> had just reminded me that I'd spent three months doing, you know, elliptical trainer, bike, in the pool and walking. Like it's – you just can't replace that constant pounding with constant pounding pretty much. <laughs> so no, you cannot. Yeah, so I actually um, was running with a 90-minute pacer for, for a little while and – 
I actually recognized this pacer because they were the pacer for another half marathon that I had done. And let's, I'll just say that the pacer is <laughs> not very good at pacing to the time that they need to be pacing to. <laughs> They're quite aggressive. <laughs> I think this is the one that you were ranting about last year. Huh? Correct. So, um, yeah. so running along, recognised the pacer and just thought, oh, you know what? I know that this is quicker than ninety minute pace, and so I just, I actually just backed off and and did my own thing. And I think they ended up running about uh, seventy eight. Um, sorry, not seventy eight, eighty eight or eighty nine minutes. So, uh, you know, I actually know that I could have gone with them, but I was reserved and I was good, and I just thought, well. Like, why? What's the point? Um, you know, I want to be running 79 minutes, not 89 minutes. And I just didn't really want to uh, be in the danger zone. So that was really positive. And the main Hang thing on, was- though. But I, I remember when we spoke last time, you told me you're going to do this as your Sunday long run. Like, yeah, but it bashing felt- out a 90-minute half is not exactly Sunday long run pace. No, but it felt so easy. So that was where the confidence came from. Like, I didn't- I didn't really feel like I was straining cardiovascularly. My legs were definitely tired, as I said, because all of the like little bits and pieces of jogging I'd done sort of the week and a half beforehand had all been on the soft grass. So it was a bit of a shock to the system, that concrete. But I really just wanted to run to feel and just feel like I'd actually finished like quite underdone, which I had. So yay me, pretty happy with that. <laughs> And how did your uh, old lady calf pull up after that? It was fine. I had absolutely no issue. and But we were going um, to the snow. So, you know, half marathon, I had a day of study and then I was um, driving to the snow. So it was a bit of an epic day. So effectively the next week, I had the whole week off, I actually got out onto the skis. My body was ruined after that. Gosh, skiing's hard work. Like every, I don't know, all these muscles I didn't know existed were just aching. So old lady calf got a bit of a break and I only did a couple of runs when we got home on the Saturday and the Sunday, but I was really banged up from the skiing. So that was great from the calf's perspective. And then last week, uh, this is pretty exciting. I did a grand total of 70 kilometers, the biggest week that I've done in about four months. And I was pretty conservative uh, well, not for the distance. Like the seventy k's, you know, maybe not conservative, but the pace was conservative. Uh-huh. Um, I know that you're sitting there rolling your eyes, even though I can't see you. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to get to this um, when we get to our coaching conversation? But <laughs> yeah. so running to time, you know, I did odd distances like a thirteen point six, and then a thirteen point and a 17.5 was really all over the shop. Uh, I did actually do, I stepped in and did a couple of sessions. Um, So I I did, I hit the track, I ran in my big heavy clumper shoes and I did 12. What are your big heavy clumper shoes? That's a good question actually. So they're probably not clumpers for other people. They are for me. They're the Kinnavara 10s. Okay. Um, I have read somewhere they're apparently meant to be a lightweight uh, road racing shoe, but to me they feel like big clumpers. <laughs> okay. Yeah, most people would consider them a lightweight trainer category. Yeah, they might, but I don't. So they're my clumpers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. So I did 12 by 400 with 60 seconds break. I did it on my own. My group was there, but I deliberately hung out the back and just sort of waited for them to go. And I didn't look at the watch once. And I started off doing 100 seconds for a 400. I'm not sure if I've ever run a timed 400 in 100 seconds. So that was 
that was fine. And then I just worked my way down. I did 100, 99, 94, a whole bunch of 91s and finished in an 89. But I just, I felt like I could have done another 12 and the body was feeling fine. The calf held up cardiovascularly. I was fine as well. So what, what break did you have in between your 400s? 60 seconds. Okay. And was that just standing around? Or? Yeah. Yeah. I was just standing, yeah. um, loitering. So, and the comment that I mentioned before around the half marathon that my cardiovascular sort of system's feeling quite good. Like I was, I was getting a little bit tired in the fours, but then the minute I stopped, it was as if I had recovered within sort of five or 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So that's a really positive sign for me, which is something that I will take into when we talk about this marathon piece next, that I really need to keep that sort of pace under wraps mm-hmm. because we get into the danger zone a little bit there. But um then on the Saturday, uh, we had a club run. It's a, it's a 10K run in honour of a past club member who unfortunately passed away whilst out on a run. Uh, he had a stroke at a very young age, I think in his 30s. Oh, so it's wow. terrible. Yeah, like terrible, terrible story. It was quite some time ago now. So we have the annual run called the Tony Brown Run and it's a two 5K loops. But it's out sort of it, – it's next to the bay and if it's windy, which ugh, it always seems to be windy there, it's just – impossible to run. And this was actually the worst conditions that I've ever experienced down there. I think it was over 40 kilometer headwinds. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we probably did about maybe six plus Ks of running into a headwind. And that's just, it's so unforgiving, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, there's not a lot you can do. So anyway, I actually uh, wanted to see if I could run the um, negative split, do the second 5K a bit quicker than the first 5K. And I was hoping to run around four minute 20Ks. So still sort of like a threshold, but I guess that would be a little bit less than my threshold pace at the moment. Yeah. And it was actually really hard to do because the wind was so strong. Uh, you know, running into the wind, I was running 4.30, 4.35 pace at times and then turn around and with the wind, would drop down to four minutes to 4.05. So it was sort of all over the place, but I did negative split. I was pretty happy with the run and I actually ran in. I bought a pair of the Hocker One Carbonex shoes. So a bit of an experiment. I haven't really known what to think about this whole carbon fiber plate phenomenon. I know that the Nike shoes are probably the more popular ones that have gained a lot of popularity. And so I decided to get these shoes and oh, these, I think all of the carbon type of shoes, they're so ugly. They're so aesthetically <laughs> not pleasing. <laughs> um, they're, 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 they would be big clompers if you thought your Kinvaras were clompers. Oh, sorry. It's okay. So this is the most bizarre phenomenon. So I put them on and I just thought, how am I going to be able to run in these? Like, this is quite crazy. Like, so they're incredibly light. And even when you're wearing them, they feel very light. But there's just like, there's so much shoe. And I thought, oh, God, I'm not going to know what to do with all this, um, this shoe underneath my foot. But there's a really weird sensation in that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a four foot mid foot striker anyway. But when I get tired, I guess like most of us, we start to, you know, really sink back and, heel strike a little bit, but they just kind of kept you in the right position and continued mm-hmm. to propel you forward, but took away that, you know, that real sort of pounding and soreness that you can get in your lower limbs when you're getting tired running on the concrete. 
Last time I felt that was when I did that Lake Renderee 15K road race. So, yeah, yes, I do know exactly so what you're talking about. I, I just did not feel that at all. And I finished and, you know, everyone sort of said, well, how did it feel? And I was genuinely shocked and surprised by how nice they actually felt. Like I was probably a bit of a skeptic and maybe a bit cynical before I tried them, but I was really quite pleased with just that response and and how it felt. So um, I could definitely see the merit in, you know, both the half marathon and the marathon. I'm going to wear them for the half marathon in Melbourne in five weeks time. I see a lot of people wearing them on the track that I can't get my head around. And just for the avoidance of doubt, listeners, this is not a sponsored segment. Lisa bought those with her own money. (laughs) Such a glowing assessment. (laughs) But, you know, if someone does want to throw some free shoes our way, like absolutely we'd be prepared to to have a run in them and tell you what you think. But, yeah, that was not a sponsored segment, (laughs) even though it kind of sounded like it. It did. Yeah, very interesting. This is all off my back. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was interesting. I'm with you. I think, uh, look, I haven't tried them, although I am quite curious. And I, I think, like you, I think I would struggle on the track, uh, largely because the track is like, it's like a piece, you're like you're running on a piece of cushioning anyway. So you've already yeah. got God knows how much depth of rubber that you're uh, on top of. And to put more cushioning on top of that can sometimes, or like imagine that would feel quite weird. But, you know, it hasn't stopped people at the elite end putting spike plates on their, um, Nike four percenters and other things. So who who knows? Maybe I'm prejudging it too early. But yeah. one day I'll play around with it. But for now, <laughs> I'm going to stick with. I think that would be weird. Yeah. Well, I haven't put them on the track yet, and I actually don't intend to anytime soon for two reasons. I don't particularly want to run that fast on the track at the moment. I need to get my body sorted, and two, I, I want to keep sort of feeling them on, on the roads. But yeah, look, I, I was surprised and actually quite pleased with how they felt whilst running. So so there's my non-sponsored review <laughs> of the Hocker Carbon X. Uh, I will actually tell you my time around 42.21 for that 10K effort, an average of 4.12, and I went 21.17 and 21.04. So. And your, tell, tell me about your heart rate through that 10Ks because this sounds more like the kind of training and the kind of intensity that I would probably like to see you doing a bit more of. Yeah, definitely. Um, in this kind of marathon with marathon aspirations in mind. Absolutely. So my heart rate, average heart rate was 149 and mm-hmm. I was really pleased with that. And I, I could feel that it was around there too. I actually um, turned off all of, I guess, the, the watch on all the bits and pieces that all the data whilst I was running because I'm really wanting to relax and sort of remember to run to feel again rather than being slave to the GPS. Um, yep. I think what's, Did you have your heart rate showing? I or? didn't have anything. I literally didn't okay. have anything. Yep. Um, I had intended to sort of run in with the, with the girls throughout this, but they are so tiny and not that I'm a big person either, but I think I'm bigger than them, that the minute that we hit the wind after about 1,500 metres, like they just sort of blew about 10 paces backwards. <laughs> so I was on my own pretty much the whole time. And so the the heart rate data, I don't have it in front of me, a little bit up and down just because of going into that headwind, irrespective yeah. of whether you're trying to work or not, you're working just because of the conditions. Mm-hmm. 
So did mess around with it a little bit, but I was very restrained in our, our coach was at sort of the turnaround mark when you had to head back in, oh, like in each lap and you had a bit of a tailwind and he continually said, don't force it, just like just mm-hmm. just run and, and the wind will obviously yeah. um, push you along. So I was very disciplined in doing that. But, That's good. Yeah, but I agree that type of training is something that I, I want to do a lot more of and I think that'll get me in the right like right place that I need to be. Definitely, mm. definitely. Uh, that sounds sounds good. And look, 149 heart rate average for you would be well under your actual anaerobic threshold. Um, yeah, very much and so. So, uh, yeah, but it's it's in that nice sort of sub-threshold zone where um, – you, you kind of need to be for the marathon anyway, but it's hopefully, in theory, the kind of training that will actually push your threshold, your actual threshold up a little bit mm. um, and certainly, you know, get really strong and condition your legs. And now that you're running in your, your pillow shoes, maybe that won't be quite <laughs> such a problem, but <laughs> getting uh, used to those sustained solid efforts and getting into a good rhythm, that's going to be important. So I yeah, think also the, training. like the mental side of it as well, and I won't dive into it right now, but that's something that I want to work on. But we'll get into that in a minute. I'll just finish up a quick wrap of my body. So I did 70Ks last week. I'm heading into this week and I actually got a little bit of a niggle on just, I don't actually know how to describe it. So you've got your ankle and on the inside of your ankle, there's like a little tendony thing there. I've got no idea mm-hmm. what it is. Didn't hurt to run, but it hurt whenever I was pushing on it. And it was just sort of, it was just sort of there and just a bit annoying. So I've just done easy jogging all this week and it's feeling a million times better. So that's when I said before that my body's okay. It's not perfect. Like I, I still just need to be really disciplined to build those Ks again, get to that 70 to 80 Ks, but it's just really quite easy to moderate type of running. And then later on that next level of increasing speed and so on and so forth. So um, I'm, I'm trying to stay pretty disciplined. Yeah, I think so. And look, given the inconsistency uh, and the various niggles and problems that you've had, like I think sti- trying to stitch together like a month of just training, and I'm not going to say consistent training because I'm going to challenge that a bit when we talk, <laughs> but it's just a month of being not having niggles. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, that's probably like first goal, right, is to get, yeah, a month or six weeks under your belt where you're, you're not, you know, having sore calves and sore ankles and other bits and pieces going on. That's that's the kind of initial base that I think um, will be beneficial. Yeah. And look, I even wrote in my diary that, um, you know, at the end of last week, I, I pretty much just said, I just want to put six to eight weeks on the board, that's 70 to 80 Ks a week, and I want it to be nothing special. Mm-hmm. So that's sort of the primary goal. And even, you know, when you sort of go out running and you, you, you're coming back from, uh, I guess some niggles and prior to that you'd been quite fit and you've got that memory of what it's like that every run that you did, it was effortless, whereas now mm-hmm. every run that I'm doing, it's just a little bit of a drag. Like it's, oh, I'm not feeling great. My body's sore. I don't have a rhythm. I'm creaky. I'm achy. And you just you just need to ride through that. Yes, and uh, yeah, not not pushing things too hard too early uh, will be definitely the way to get through that period. Mm. Shall we talk about uh, our our coaching adventure? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's 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 go on the adventure together. Let's start it now. Okay, no worries. All right. Well, maybe we'll just break it up a little bit and talk about that after this. 
Uh, so this is the moment everyone's been waiting for, Lisa, the, the Brian, Brian Lee, Lisa coaching experiment. And everyone, including my dog, is interested. She <laughs> has just joined me in the study. So Charlotte, the wonder dog, is here looking completely immersed in this conversation about what the hell is going to happen if I coached you. She's waiting for the fireworks. <laughs> to this marathon. <laughs> in, in truth, she's actually waiting for me to take her for a walk, uh, but she's just going to have to uh, just, chill out for uh, half an hour while we talk this through. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'm going to I'm going to kick off, and then you can pull apart bits and pieces, or downright refute me. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So I reckon, and and look, I didn't have a huge agenda, as you can imagine, but getting a bit of a sense of. What your goals are would be you know, really important for me to be able to respond to if I'm going to be coaching you. Mm. Um, and maybe after you do that, I'll just talk a little bit about my philosophy such as it is <laughs> uh, okay. as a coach and how we might approach it. All right. Well, the race is on the 1st of March 2020 and my number one goal is to break three hours. So I, I, I think I threw out there last week or the week before that um, maybe four-minute Ks was uh, an option and <laughs> you went silent and pretty much said, uh, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. But uh-huh. I think – so I want to break three hours. I feel like I could go, you know, not just two hours, 59 and 59 seconds, which was the goal for New York. Like I think it could be, you know, at least a couple of minutes under that sort of three-hour barrier, being comfortable yeah. without at a stretch. So that is the number one goal. And the number two goal is I still only want to train five days a week. I just really struggle with fitting it all in. Uh, I am going to take four weeks off over the Christmas period just uh, work pretty much shuts down and, and we'll head to Byron. So, you know, I might have a little bit more time there, but I just want to be really cautious of thinking, oh, well, I've got the time. Let's just add things in because I've got the time. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really dangerous zone to get into. Can I just ask a clarifying question? Is that is that five days a week of running or is that five days a week of training, including uh, gym and cross-training? Yeah, yeah. No, no, good question. So that's five days of running, but I'm happy to mm-hmm. do cross-training on the alternative days, which is what I do now anyway. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just mentally can't fit in another run and it just... I just sometimes feel like it ends up being junk miles for me rather than actually something that's productive as opposed to, you know, if I was going to hit the gym or go for a walk or a cycle or whatever. So they're probably my two main, I guess, goals. And then I only also want to do maybe a 12-week solid marathon block. I feel like what happened uh, sort of in New York, I felt like I think I did 14 weeks or 15 weeks I think it was too long mm-hmm. because I'm not afraid of the distance. It's never phased me and I think I am naturally aerobically fit and sort of trying to add in so much marathon-specific training I think eventually led to um, that mm. runner's knee flaring up. Yep, I, I think so. And look, yeah, I've been thinking about that kind of those kind of notions with my own training as well. So, you know, how long a marathon block do you need to do and what does that look like mm. and how, how much is enough really and – yeah, I think that's maybe something that we can toss around. Like, is is twelve weeks still too much? I mean, that's that's something to consider. Yeah, possibly. And probably the other thing is, I do. I was doing three sessions in my last block. Mm-hmm. I think that's too much for me. And I would really only like to do. 
two sessions, but one of those is effectively what we were just talking about, like that threshold, sub-threshold kind of running as opposed to doing, I guess, the, the typical Australian model, which is a Tuesday night, um, you know, session, a Thursday night session, and then a, you know, and a Saturday session. I just, I just didn't think it gave me enough time to recover physically and mentally with everything else that I've got going on. I think that's a good idea. And, you know, effectively what we're, I think we've sort of been talking about it already is making the second session the long run in one form or another. Yeah. And the composition of that might change depending on where you're at in your preparation. Yeah, no, exactly. So um, I'll, I'll just talk a little bit about the lead up to the marathon block and sort of what I've, what I've penciled in. And <laughs> you can either agree or disagree to that. So we're currently in September and my main goal of September is to get rid of all of my niggles, <laughs> to sort of build that base back to that sort of 70 to 80 Ks a week, but with quite unspectacular training. Mm-hmm. I was going to run the the Sydney Marathon Festival this weekend in the 10K, but um, I've, I've ditched that. So I'm ditching any racing of any sort in September and it's purely just get healthy. So then... October and November, I don't want to increase any of the kilometres, so keep it to that 70 to 80 Ks. I will throw in a couple of races within those months. So there is the Melbourne Half Marathon. I had originally thought that that could be like a key performance race, but in going with my plan of, you know, eggs all in one basket being Tokyo Marathon, it's now simply just to see where you're at. Uh, Oh, you know, I'll obviously try, but... I don't want to get so concerned about what the result is. And I think, I sometimes think that I run so much better when I go in with that attitude, to be honest, as well. So, um, I, th- I think that's true for a lot of us, Lisa. So, yeah, I, I like that observation. Yeah. Like, I, I, I honestly don't even have a set time. You know, if I ran 90 minutes, so be it. If I ran 80 minutes, well, I'd be doing cartwheels and be ecstatic. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just not penciling in any one performance or pace or like I'm just going to see how I go. And then I will just jump in with the odd track race, like maybe no more than two. There is the New South Wales 3K champs, which I always enjoy that night. It's it's a really good it's a really good event. But those track races and I don't want to do anything under 3K. I'm not interested in doing 15s or 8s or anything. They're, they're all just going to be training as well. So a bit similar to what I did at the start of this year. I run in my, you know, heavy clump of shoes and run around, did 11 minutes, whatever it was, for 3Ks and was always just trying to run quite underdone, if that makes sense. And I guess the the final thing in October and November is wanting to start to play around a little bit with Sundays at a bit of a higher intensity rather than just going out and plotting on a Sunday long run. So I don't want to just go straight into the marathon block and it's a shock of, oh gosh, you know, Sunday's got to be quicker now. I feel like just ease it in, even if it's, you know, 5Ks or, or 15 minutes to start with of a Sunday being a bit quicker, just working on that gradual build up. And then that takes us to December. I haven't picked the exact date in December when the marathon block will start. So that December to March, the marathon block, you know, the sort of the five days a week, Sunday long runs possibly being more of a session. And I would like to throw around the options of, you know, that midweek long run that a lot of people talk about. I don't know whether I don't I don't know whether it was the right thing to do one every single week 
in the last block. You know, I was doing sort of, I, I was doing 18Ks every week and I would just get to it some weeks and go, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm really tired. And I felt like I forced it. And I agree with you. And like, I remember from my own preparation, which obviously went a lot worse. My marathon went a lot worse than yours. But yeah, I recall thinking, yeah, why am I doing this? Like, I think the midweek long run is probably for people who are not even people who are working and doing other things, but just people who are more at the recreational end of the spectrum. Maybe it's just asking a bit much to try and throw in that extra 90 minutes when you're trying to do other long runs and sessions during the week. Yeah. So I think you're right. Just all the other stresses. And, you know, if I, I go back to what my main goal is, it's break three hours. And I think with just some of my prior results that that's achievable without needing to sort of train like a semi-professional athlete. Um, I still think it's very much within my reach of doing probably too little yeah. more than trying to do everything and then run that risk of injury again. So, yeah. Um, and you remember my brief was to get you to the start line healthy and uninjured. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so, and look, I honestly think I'm a chronic under trainer. And whilst I've said. I, I, I'm not sure I agree with that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, see, I think I am. Like, I, I look at some of the girls that I train with and that I'm quite a little, you know, a little bit quicker than um, in racing. And I sort of, I just run the same pace that they do in training. So that's what I'm judging it off. But yeah, I I just, I really want to sort of get that monkey off the back, that three hours, uh, which I, I genuinely think I can do, but I just want to get through the marathon without being sick or injured and throwing in like long runs, you know, every week, um, or, sorry, mid to long runs. I'm not sure that that really fits in with that principle. No, I, I, I don't think it does fit with that principle at all. So I'm totally on board with that concept. So yeah, we can definitely cross that one off the, the list for discussion. <laughs> We're in furious <laughs> agreement around something. Wow. So that's a good start. Um, and I'm, I, I'm really unsure about the Sunday long runs, like as in, you know, the distance and that danger zone that I get with my knee. So that's something that I definitely would like to pick apart. And I know that runner's knee is such a common injury for, for people. So it would be, you know, maybe good for us to trial a few different things to see what actually works that might benefit some other people as well that suffer from that injury. I'm totally into that. And look, once I'm not sick as well, I'll be continuing my experiments around what what my interpretation of a long run is and change, changing it up. So it's, uh, yeah, not just any accumulation of distance and running too slow and ending up with niggles like the ITB stuff that mm. we've both had to battle from time to time. Yeah, exactly. And I'm just going to add one more thing that, you know, the last marathon or the only marathon I've done, New York, I think I got up to just over 80Ks, but my average was mm -hmm. sort of that mid-70s. I absolutely don't want to go into it with the principle of, oh, well, I got to sort of, you know, 70 to 80K, so let's do 80 to 90 for this one because the reality was mm -hmm. I didn't really get through it. I got injured doing that that um, yep. type of mileage. So before I progress up to the you know, next realm of, of distances, I, I want to be healthy in, in this, um, you know, 70 to 80K region. And yeah, yet another thing we're going to agree on there, <laughs> I think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let, let's think about, before I talk about the coaching stuff, like think about how you actually went last year. You've still 
went under three hours and 15 minutes, which is a really good time. And you were sick and in, and in, injured. So I don't think there's any doubt that yeah, you've definitely got the ability to, to do this goal. And yeah, like you, I don't think there's going to be anything to be gained really from adding in a whole bunch of mileage for you to be able to achieve that. I think you can definitely do it off the 70, 80K kind of range. Mm. And, yeah, probably the, the question we'll toss around is, you know, are we just doing 70 or 80Ks every week or are we going to have some up and down and um, a little bit of inconsistent consistency? Mm, yeah, <laughs> would, and would be something that's, to talk about. Yeah, and I've been thinking about that too because I know that you've mentioned that um, a few times and especially not that whole well, you know, do you need to do a long run every week? Does it need to go from 20Ks to 25 to 30 to 35 mm. and back down, like this sort of traditional pyramid? And I'm open to tossing that around and tossing it on its head too because from a personal perspective, I don't cope well with that whole just keep training, 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 training and then get to the start line. I definitely cope better knowing that I've done quite a few things quite well but I'm feeling quite refreshed and energetic on the start line because then usually my, I don't know, inbuilt motivation will then mm. take over the rest. Definitely. That sounds good. All right. I think you've set the scene really well there, Lisa, um, and you've already put a few constraints or <laughs> put a few boundaries on yourself, I think, which is good. And look, yeah, from a coaching philosophy perspective, I kind of approach this like I do in work and you're probably the same like you know if you're leading or managing you're in some kind of like coaching position anyway so my philosophy with that stuff is usually to try and make yourself redundant so <laughs> I'm definitely not going to be a prescriptive I'm going to tell you exactly what to do you're far too ex you know you've done a lot of running you're far too experienced for that that might be something that uh, the kind of approach that might be a good thing to do with junior less experienced athletes but because you're you know you're an adult Lisa. Yep. So. Yep. Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time. Or at least doing a good impersonation of one <laughs> like me. But yeah, you know, being able to kind of find your own way, I think is probably pretty key to my philosophy around this and other things. So that would be the, where I'll, I will be coming from. And I think, I suppose probably, you know, I said, I didn't necessarily agree that you're an under trainer and look, probably from a if you really stood back from a perspective, I could probably agree with your statement. I think, you know, just from time to time, you probably just need someone to bounce stuff off to be a little bit of a handbrake to hold you back. from. <laughs> get a bit excited kind of, when it's going yeah, well. Yeah, get a bit excited. And, you know, when you said that you'd done a 70K week, I was sort of like, uh, you know, I, I hear that you, you've done that running easily, but you've had all these niggles for so long, you know, do you need to kind of be jumping up and down, like straight up into that sort of 70K range? You could have maybe potentially just even kicked around at 40 to 50 until you kind of got the body completely right. So, but I think, uh, you know, I, th I think you, and <laughs> having known you for a long time now, like longer than 10 years. Yes, it been it's long? been a Probably long has. time, yes. <laughs> In the past, you definitely were like someone that used to run too fast in your training sessions and I think you've really changed your approach around that I think which is good and so now that we're heading into this kind of marathon block all those sort of learnings are going to be really useful and come into play and it'll be fun and look I have to say thank you for letting me experiment on you. Oh because... no worries it, look it could be a marriage that just blossoms or it could be ending divorce come March the 2nd. Could, 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 we could end up, uh, yeah, it could be like getting married in Vegas. And 
getting divorced two days later um, when we sober up. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, look, I did ask you like whether you thought this was a good idea. And look, you know, if you if you if you really had a, a big important goal, I would actually say don't be coached by yeah. me. Go and be coached by someone who's more experienced at the marathon and got a proven track record of success. But I think given given the goal is like well within your range of ability and probably the most useful thing I can do for you is to be a, be a good sounding board and um, be a bit of a handbrake from time to time just to hold you back. Yeah, um, no, I think so. Where you need to. And look, it'll uh, be, I, think, I think it could work. Yeah, look, and who knows, right? Like it might just be um, a stepping stone into just something fabulous. But I yeah, I think, you know, I've got a bit of redemption on on New York and I know that I said I was going to do Gold Coast, but that I think was just really quite a silly statement. But I'd like to get this sub three and then just, you know, I, I actually don't have any plans beyond March next year as in for my running. Like I, that for me would be a really nice goal and then I don't know what's next. So, um, yeah, let's, let's go and get this and then we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's, let's stay in the moment yeah. um, and not get ahead of ourselves. No. Like. <laughs> and, and I think that is quite a good thing because I know that, um, after I did New York and I even sort of leading into it, I sort of had this thing of, well, maybe after I've you know I've done all of this marathon training, it might lead into a really good track season because I've got all of this fitness. So it was sort of kind of always a little bit one or two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. Whereas this time I'm I'm very much, you know, this is it. This is what I want to do. And then we'll just see what happens after that. That sounds good. And I guess in terms of, you know, learning a little bit more about the marathon in the last couple of years and I would still count myself to be a relative no- novice and obviously not successful last year probably the first time out I kind of did okay but where I, I think I've probably got to is similar to what you outlined in terms of structure of training um, certainly not trying to do too many sessions or lock you into not lock yourself into a particular way of doing your long run but maybe just trying to take a step back and think about well just what physiological boxes do we need to tick to run a good marathon? Yeah. And I'll I'll dig out um, as a really good article that I think was on Runners Tribe, and I did notice recently they've been I think talking about a subscription model. So I'm not sure whether this article will still be public, but I'll I'll have a look for it. But I think it was actually written by the coaches of uh, I think they're called Front Runner Performance. Is that right? So a coach of Rochelle Rogers, oh, yes, who's yep. been been selected to run the marathon for Australia at Doha. So I, I think you know he was just drawing that strong parallel of marathon performance, not only to building up endurance, which is you know that that whole mileage conversation, which I think both of us are trying to challenge that a little bit and say, well, you know, is particularly for for people not running at the elite level, not trying to just do all of the aerobic approach and doing huge, huge amounts of mileage, but just making sure that you attend to that kind of improving your lactate threshold um, abilities and performance. So hopefully pushing your lactate threshold up Mm -hmm. and then being able to demonstrate that it has gone up either by uh, monitoring your heart rate uh, through training or by race performances of say between 10 15k and probably at a slightly lower level than that through to the half marathon and you know i think those those kind of markers will be and it's good that you've kind of pegged things like the melbourne half marathon so those kind of distances um and efforts in training i think and 
comparing how you're going in those pace-wise to what your heart rate is doing will probably be our markers for how well you're going mm. and whether you're on track to kind of meet this marathon goal because, you know, if we can see that you're doing that kind of sub-threshold work at a really low heart rate and it feels really comfortable, then, you know, the kind of pace you ran – couple of weeks ago when you did that half, I mean, that's your goal pace for the marathon, right? So Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe, maybe I think two seconds a K quicker. <laughs> yeah, but well and truly in that kind of ballpark. Yeah, of course, um, absolutely. And even at this stage of limited inconsistent training, you, you know, you're already able to go out and do that for, for 90 minutes. So all we've got to do over the next few months is basically enable you to do that for another 90 minutes. So you know, shouldn't be that hard, right? And then exactly, and then goal achieved, pending knee doesn't go. But um, one of the things <laughs> that we'll be able to use this time is now that I've got my heart rate on my um, wrist because I didn't have it on my watch last yep. time. And I'm yep. also on Monday going to see the cardiologist sort of for the final, well, I hope it's the final um, verdict of what's going on. I finished all of the, my tests this week. So that will give us a nice indication of, I guess, the heart rate range that we have got to play in and I know I know I've got to be excited to you um in a text message saying oh well my max heart rate might be like 210 and we can change everything (laughs) around and you were like no let's just keep it within a moderate range of maybe you know 200 or like 195 (laughs) or less Um, yeah but it's funny because now that I, you know, I'm going through this and I've got always the data on my on my watch, I feel really, really comfortable when I'm running, um, like just say I'm going for a long run and, you know, if I did, um, what is it, 180 minus my age, that would be mm-hmm. 145. But that feels like it feels so slow that it's uncomfortably slow that I'm not moving yeah. fluidly. But when I start to get that sort of low 150s to maybe mid 150s, mm. I'm I'm moving well and I'm feeling like super, super comfortable. So I think maybe the range just needs to go up maybe five to 10 beats per minute per, you know, each of the you know, different training sort of blocks or what do you call them? I yeah, can't think of what yeah, you call yeah. them. Well, different, different zones. <laughs> different zones, so, that's yeah. it. I, I went on so, a blank. Exactly. Um, and look, you know, I think like, there's a lot of value in what I call having those easy plod days, but um, I think where both of us have probably got to is, you know, not thinking that we can just go and run two and a half or three hours at that easy plod yeah. pace and that's going to be good for us. Um, you know, that, that's good for a recovery day or, you know, when you're sick or something like that and you're going out for a half an hour maybe 40-minute jog, but um, probably beyond that that level, um, we might need to have a think about pace. And and with you, like your ability to run fast at a low heart rate is probably one of the reasons why you got the potential to run a really good marathon. So you being able to train uh, what seemingly is well within yourself is probably going to pay pretty good dividends. So like you running I think you said your heart rate for that half marathon was what one forty nine average. Uh, that I didn't have it for the half. I, I can go back and have a look on my watch, but for the ten k uh, in the okay. on the weekend, it was one one forty nine. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. The yeah. Windy so, you know, but still, it was four twelve average. Yeah, exactly. So you know, and and again, that's like faster than your goal marathon pace, and you you know, kind of one forty nine, which in theory, like for a, a normal person of about your age, that'd probably sort of still be theoretically considered to be kind of in the aerobic sort of zone, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, if we're looking at that sort of change because of my potential high-ish heart rate or higher heart rate, it does. So if I actually did, if I reshuffled the figures and that my max heart rate, I brought it down to 200, not 
210, mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. actually up to 158 my aerobic zone. Yeah, so, which is, I think, way too high. Yeah, well, and so that's why I was saying that when it gets to no more than 155, so that 150 to 155, I'm still feeling really comfortable holding a full conversation, like there's really no issues whatsoever. Above that, I'm, I'm starting to, you know, gasp for air a little bit more. So I think that's the range that I, I think um, would be a safe one to work in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, maybe we won't. I think maybe homework for us before we come back and have another conversation, another recorded conversation anyway, but it'd be kind of like define out those zones, yeah. or at least what we think they are. And look, I, I don't think, well, there's definitely no harm in being conservative and being and running lower and particularly for you because you can run fast at a low heart rate, but having some ranges in mind that you can train in um, and then we can report back to the listeners like how you're responding to those those heart rate zones yeah. and what sort of paces you're running yeah. at. And one of the things I've sort of been kicking around and I've sort of really been doing it um, a bit in my own training is is like using that Sunday and let's call it a long run, but we're going to be a little bit more flexible of what our definition of a long run is um, so we can have some of these longer sub-threshold sort of sessions as part of that. But what I've been sort of playing with is using a similar heart rate zone but doing slightly different structures of distance and time so you know as on the on the sunday i might do like the shortest interval might be 10 minutes of that kind of sub thresholdy pace um up to about sort of 40 minutes i think is what i got to before or, or before i did that sort of 15k race and then during the week looking at sort of shorter intervals of you know say three to to six minutes of that kind of um, similar heart rate intensity, but because of the shorter intervals and freshness, um, you can run considerably faster. And like, you know, for me, that looked like being able to run four minute kilometer pace in those sort of shorter intervals of three to five minutes. And then if I was doing something in longer intervals as part of a long run or something on a Sunday, then the pace could have been anywhere from 420 to 430 kilometer pace. So you're kind of working in a similar heart rate intensity, but getting different paces, which I think, you know, in terms of like managing the load and stress on your body, but also getting some variety, mm. I think that's probably a, a, a a thing that I'd like to explore as part of this experimental training block. Lisa. Yeah, and it, I think that will protect my knee as well. Because remember, I've sort of said, well, that slow plodding, you know, in, in theory, it's got a place and it's great, I guess, if you can and get through it. And whatever that pace is for your slow plod is obviously um, very unique and individual. But for me, it was just getting me in this danger zone of, uh, yeah, just the, the hip and the knee were just becoming very unhappy. And I think uh, when, when I had um, spoken to my amazing physio about this, her comment was as well, well, you know, you're probably actually jogging too slow and, and your mechanics aren't actually working that well. So I, I want to avoid getting myself into that position. And I think throwing in yeah. like what you've just suggested, you're still going to get the kilometres in, but it's, you know, you might get through 20, 21 Ks in, in 90 minutes which is better than nearly, you know, two hours, which is what I was sort of having to do. Yeah, exactly. Lots of potential for variety using that kind of approach, I think, which would be good. Yeah. What else did I want to say? And, the, yeah, the five days a week thing, I think that's good. I think there's there's no need to do any additional aerobic cross-training. So, you know, maybe just enjoy being a runner for five days a week. Yeah, and then um, everything else on all the other days a week. <laughs> 
And and yeah, look, definitely one one full day of just absolute rest. Yeah. And then scheduling, I think two days a week of gym is going to be a, definitely a higher priority than trying to do any additional cross training or any additional mileage. So and even like depending on what the week and what's happening in the rest of your life, like even sacrificing one of the five days of running for um, getting a, a gym a second gym session in for the week would probably be. Of more benefit, mm. well, um, keeping your injury yeah, free. Yeah, I'll definitely do that. I'm getting to the gym two, sometimes three times a week anyway. And so that has become a bit of a priority for me because I just, I feel really good afterwards. I feel really strong. It, sometimes it's like an active recovery. It fixes some yeah. of my little niggles. And honestly, it gives me a mental reprieve. I only go to the gym for 30 minutes. I'm not somewhere that someone that stands in front of the mirror for hours taking selfies and am there all morning. It's it's honestly 30 minutes in and out and it's it's all I need. Mm. Yeah, well, look, that, that is all you need to do. Um, and if, if we can ma- – look, the thing I'd be more interested in maintaining super consistency in would be those gym sort of sessions rather than, you know, trying to hit a particular mileage every week. I think, you know, let's be a bit more flexible with the running but be inflexible with maintaining strength because that's definitely going to be a thing that will – help tick one of my objectives, which is to get you to the start line, (laughs) not injured. (laughs) One of the things that I would like to throw in there is, I don't know what it is, but when it's sort of a race situation, even if I'm not racing, I can get myself in this uh, zone that allows me to, in a way, become quite meditative, as opposed to if I'm doing those thresholds or what have you on my own. So I'd like to keep the calendar a little bit flexible that if there is a, you know, a race and it might even just be a park run that I can tack in and and do, you know, run at four tens and then, and, and continue on or simply just do that one at, you know, on 5k. I get a lot of confidence from that. I can, it feels effortless running those paces and my heart rate's really low. So I don't know what happens because if you, took me out and plonked me on my own and said, go and do this. I kind of mm-hmm. work myself into a bit of a tiz. You pop me into a race and say, do this. And it's yeah. like I'm moonwalking. I just, I cannot describe it. Well, I think that's definitely something to be, to keep in mind for marathon specific training sessions, especially like getting you into a race situation so you can do those. Um, and so it's mentally as untaxing as possible. Yeah, and you know, uh, I had actually a friend of mine say to me, how can you actually enter races and not just want to race? How do you control yourself? And I, I can actually quite easily do it. I find it a really nice environment to be around and I'm I'm quite easily able to remove myself from a performance element because I'm trying to get yeah. a different outcome. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's just ex- experience and having, having been, having flogged yourself a few times <laughs> like you. I'm a bit like you. I really enjoy that kind of situation now. Like, you know, it, look how well I ran at Lake Renderee yeah. off limited training, just going out there and running within myself and not getting too engaged with um, trying to hit a particular goal, just watching my heart rate, listening to my body and enjoying what was going on around Yeah. You. So, and if I take two examples from the last block is, uh, remember when I went out to try and do the, the 20 or the 25K tempo and I th- I think yep. I made five Ks <laughs> yeah. and I didn't yeah. even have my heart rate on, but it just, everything was wrong and I knew it. So I pulled the pin yet then maybe two or two weeks later, I went and did a 10 K fun run um, and I was doing an hour tempo 
and I, I hit the 415 or 416 splits whilst talking to my husband the whole time. It was the most bizarre thing. And what I took out of that was the confidence. Like if I had gone into that marathon with that, you know, failed attempt, um, I'd, it, I probably would have been in all sorts, but I had that real positive reinforcement that is for me personally is a really good thing. That's good. All right. Well, I think I think we're, we're on the same page, Lisa. Oh, so good, good. We're off to a pretty, flying start. <laughs> we're, off to, we're, off to a good, we're off to a good start. Yeah, I'd, I'd like uh, probably not much more to say at this point. Maybe maybe we'll have a few more um, mini conversations during the week. Um, dog's getting cranky. She wants to be warm. Yeah, no, of course. Um, you, uh, <laughs> I think it's coffee time uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so maybe next time we can – and. You know, we can talk about the not having too much of a, a fixed plan, but sort of talk about the kinds of structure of weeks and structure of particular sessions that we might try and work ourselves towards and, and also maybe debate a bit more about whether we actually need like a to specifically call something a marathon block because maybe even saying that puts us under more pressure than we need to be. Um, if we just follow our formula of working on the physiology and just monitor how that's going and uh, that'll probably tell us um, everything that we need to know about your level of preparedness to to hit this goal. Yeah, well, that sounds good. And um, look, we've still got a few months, so I've still got to get through my goals of September, October and November. <laughs> exactly. I think, you know, just, just being pretty cruisy for the remainder of the year and trying out some of these these um, different session structures. Actually, one thing I would say before we just sign off is um, like progression in this program is probably going to be more about what your heart rate looks like at particular paces, but also um, progress in extending out the length of these kind of sessions, mm. um, particularly the the sort of the, the Sunday long run one. So, deciding what it is we think we need to be able to do in in terms of um, a sustained effort and then sort of working our way slowly towards that will probably be the progression rather than trying to hit bigger mileage targets either within a single run or or over the course of the week, mm. if, that, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, no, it does. And I think I've said that I've stopped really counting my Ks and I'm pretty much just running to minutes at the moment. And it's been a really nice yeah. psychological um, switch, especially for someone whose life is run on the world's tightest schedule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, just just running to the time that you have yeah. and uh, doing that in a in a non-stressful way. That's That's got to be part of the piece of the puzzle that's going to make this successful with any Yeah, life. definitely. So, all right. Well, this sounds good. It sounds exciting. So, yeah, onwards and upwards, Tokyo 2020 for the Tokyo Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. We might just break it there. You have been listening to the Running Technique Tips podcast with Brian Martin and Lisa Biffin. Catch you next week.